Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. And Nathan Knight, right side, three ball, bank shot, no. Ball game over. Bulls win. Bulls win. Bulls win. 124-120. Bring on the Bucks. Truck wins. Truck wins. That's all damn. Put him in a hole. That's us. That's the score. We're the score. He's Mark Grody. I'm Steve Rosenblum. Saturday Suckage together again for the first cool. time. Cool. It is his show, and Mark Grody is on that show. Welcome in. Welcome back. Bulls, Bucks, game one tomorrow. Here is your score broadcast day. 135 Cubs, Rockies. Then game one of Bulls, Bucks will be immediately following Cubs postgame. You'll hear that on the score. What you're hearing on the score now. We go up behind the cheddar curtain on the score hotline presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book, Rami Makloff from 1250 AM, The Fan in Milwaukee. Thanks for joining us, Rami. How are you? Good. Honored to be part of the Suckage, gentlemen. Thank you for having me. Well, you know, when you're the Bulls and you're in the Bulls city and we're talking about Bulls Bucks, um, We've kind of characterized it as games one and two in Milwaukee and games three and four, if necessary, will be in Chicago. <laughs> yeah, guys, yesterday I'm not sure I wasn't doing the typical old give me your predictions for Bucks and Bulls. I just flat out asked, how quickly do you think the Bucks dispose of the Chicago Bulls in the first round here? I don't think I don't think it's gonna be much much of a match, guys. I know I love Chuck Swirsky and I love the dancing after all the wins. But when he said <laughs> When he says bring on the Bucks, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if he necessarily wants that smoke. I don't know if, I don't know if you want, to, if that's who you wanted to bring on. What's the Milwaukee Bucks? They're just they're a better team and a bad matchup. Like nothing about this, I think, looks good for the Chicago Bulls in this series. It was the worst case scenario of any playoff matchup for the Bulls, and there were not a lot of good scenarios <laughs> for the Bulls just because of their inability to beat good teams. We all know that, but there is nothing worse than the Bulls having to play the Bucks in terms of the matchups that exist. We were obviously, Rami, talking about Giannis Antetokounmpo and ways to stop him. Steve just suggested that they hurt him, that that would be the way to go. But for real, real, when teams have stopped or slowed down Giannis, what has been the formula that opponents employ? It's, it, you know, you hear the Shaquille O'Neal comparisons from time to time, and, and really the way that teams defend Giannis is, is what's most similar about him and Shaquille O'Neal. And it's just throw as many bodies at him 
as possible and try and get in his way, try and keep him out of the lane and hope you can wear him down. I, I think that's that's your only hope against Giannis. And the Raptors were the first team to kind of throw this at him. They built the they built the wall up there in Toronto in that series where they took out the Bucks in, in Giannis's first trip to the Eastern Conference Finals on the way to Toronto's uh, way to a championship. So I think that that's really all you can do is put as many bodies in front of him as possible and try and bang him around and wear him down over the course of the game. But the, the, the wild thing about Giannis, guys, is his game is still getting better. You know, this guy's a two-time MVP, NBA champion, NBA Finals MVP, and there's a long list of credentials to follow after that. And you see that and you forget he's 27 years old. He's still and, – and he didn't pick up a basketball until he was 14. So he's still kind of figuring things out and learning this game and getting even better – and one of the big improvements in his game this year has been when you do that, when you throw bodies at him and you keep him out of the paint, he's worked on his jump shot, and it's it's markedly better than it was last year. And it seems like his court vision and awareness and basketball IQ keeps rising. And sometimes if he doesn't have the shot and he can't get in the paint, he knows where the open man is, and the Bucks have shooters all around him. So even the best strategy is becoming one that's almost futile. We're talking with Rami Makhlouf, 12.50 a.m., the fan in Milwaukee. We're talking Bulls and Bucks here on The Score. They play game one tomorrow. You'll hear it right here on The Score, uh, right after Cubs postgame. The, the, we were talking earlier that you could make the backhanded um, argument that the MVP in the NBA was for the former number one team would be Lonzo Ball. Because without him, the Bulls have just been lost, and their offense that comes out of their defense has been everything has changed. Everybody's had to move up. Not that, not that their talent is bad, but it's in, been in the wrong place. When you're asking Io to do what Lonzo Ball was doing, and he did it for a little while, but then eventually caught up with him. And the one thing that that is that that the Bulls and Ball security is an issue is Drew Holiday on the floor. Wildly underrated, doing to opponents what Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso were doing, just getting the hands in the passing lane, getting easy baskets, and in the playoffs, that's huge. And he's—I mean, you can tell us—he seems to be at the top of his game in disrupting a lot of sets by opponents. Yeah, actually, I saw a quote the other day. I—I I, don't—I don't remember who said it or who to attribute this quote to, but. I thought it was I thought it was a perfect way to sum up Drew Holiday's defense. He's like he's like the Steph Curry or the Kevin Durant of defense. That that's how good what those guys do with the basketball on the offensive side of the court and their ability to put it in the hoop. That's how good Drew Holiday is at playing defense and keeping guys from getting to the hoop and 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 scoring. And there was a great great article by a Bucks beat writer for the Athletic up here, Eric Name, and I had him on my show for a deeper dive where he goes deep on how and why Drew Holiday is is maybe the best defensive player, at least defensive guard in this league, including breakdowns of tape with Drew Holiday himself. And the stuff this guy is doing, man, is just next level. And his his first of all, his physical strength, which allows him to to body up big men and just overpower guards, is is something that you don't see often. And just again, I, I talked about Giannis's basketball IQ getting better. Drew Holiday's basketball IQ and and his ability and quickness with which he processes is is next level. He does this thing, guys, which I had to chuckle at 
when I read it in, in Eric's article where you guys know when like you're meeting a friend at a bar and they're waiting for you to get there and you show up a little late and you'll tap them on their right shoulder and they're standing over their left shoulder. And, yuck, yuck, yuck. Sure, you know sure. I mean? He does that to the best ball handlers in the NBA. If they <laughs> blow past him or, or get around him on a screen, he gives them a little tap on the left shoulder or the left elbow. So they think that's where he is. That's, that's awesome. Trailing them. And two, three steps later, He's, he's looping around their right side and taking the ball away from them. If you go and watch the end of their win against the Jazz a few weeks ago and watch closely, he does that to Donovan Mitchell in the closing seconds and a steal that sealed the victory. He just he's, he's doing things that I don't, I don't know a lot of guys are even thinking about or attempting in the NBA when it comes to playing defense. It's amazing. I mean, it's just a guy that's getting better like every year somehow, and mm-hmm. he's finally starting – I mean – we we keep putting the the underrated tag on him, and I understand that. But enough, I think enough people have called him underrated in the last couple of months, or maybe this he's, year. He's at least rated that he's now, now rated. Yeah, yeah, that he's actually rated. But Rami, I wanted to ask you too: Are the Milwaukee Bucks players being asked the question of? Are you? Do you have to guard against looking past the Chicago Bulls? Yes. And how are they answering it? And from what you know about the mentality of this team, would they be prone to doing that? Because that is another hope for the Bulls. Because we just don't have the matchups, so it has to be the peripheral stuff. I haven't. I haven't heard or seen any any quotes or, or questions of, of them having that presented to them. But I was talking about this on my show yesterday. One of the one of the things. That, that I was I was getting frustrated about. A lot of Bucks fans were getting frustrated about over the course of that playoff run last year. And a lot of us forget this because after a championship, you look back at things, you know, with glowing reviews, and you kind of forget the bad. But there were times when the Bucks last year in that playoff run would show up, and the energy level or the effort that it it just wasn't what it needed to be. That's 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 how they got blown out by forty points against the Brooklyn Nets in game two of that series. And you're just sitting there scratching your head and going, I know this team is better than this. I know they have more than that. And if there's one criticism or one major critique of this team over the course of that championship run last year, it was that their, their energy sometimes and their effort was a little bit inconsistent. And if there's a game that, that, that you'll see that against this Bulls team, I think it'll be after a week-long layoff and and hearing and reading how much better they are than the Bulls over the course of that week and maybe coming out and not quite being, you know, at at playoff intensity or or where they need to be and and the Bulls could sneak up and and take one from them. But that's – I think that's about it, guys. I think it's going to take one game for for the Bucs to get the wake-up call that that they might need over the course of this series. I said yesterday on my show, if if the Bulls don't take game one – it's a sweep. This thing is going five at the most. Well, that's it, Steve. It is, and and most coaches will tell you in all sports. Most coaches will tell you that game one's the easiest to win because in a playoff, the 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 intensity, the feeling, the emotion, it just hasn't been built up. Game five, game six, game seven. It's just it's just tougher. It's harder. Game one's the easiest one to win. But the one of the things that is in this the history of some of the players in this series is Vooch and the Magic against Giannis and there was a I don't know if there's a is there a blueprint there the same Vucevic although he sucks more from the outside than he did when he was playing for Orlando is that a possibility is there a plan there Rami 
I, I, I again that that might be the the best option. That that yeah. might that might be the the Bulls' best option is to kind of use that blueprint and and what you saw in that game. But I I still just don't think it's enough, guys. I, I, the Bulls can play their absolute best game, and I don't think it'll be enough over the course of a seven game series. It might be enough for, to steal one. It might be enough. To, to maybe even steal two, although I have some serious doubts as to whether or not they could do that, there may be a blueprint there to give the Bulls their best chance to, to win over the course of this series, but I just don't think that that would be enough, guys. This is, I think it's just too much a mismatch here. Brooke Lopez, I believe, had a career high, or career high, season high against the Bulls in their, their last matchup. What is the importance of Brooke Lopez to the Milwaukee Bucks? It's it's it, if you want to talk about underrated guys, we we mentioned Drew Holiday is now properly rated, right? But but Brooke Lopez is, and and his impact on this team over the course of last year on their way to the championship and this year when you saw them struggle with certain things, you could almost directly point to it and go, well, that's what Brooke Lopez does. When, when you talk about defensive rebounding and not giving teams a second chance on, on the offensive end, Brooke Lopez excels at that. When you talk about defense on, on, for, for big men and, and, and altering the way that other teams' big men or, or guards that are coming through the lane, altering their shots or, or just making their shots more difficult, you, you didn't see that, and that's what Brooke Lopez does. And maybe the biggest impact, I was talking earlier about Giannis and finding the open man and and kind of and and knowing where they are. Brooke Lopez, after not shooting the three for the first I don't know how many years of his career, has become one of the best shooting big men in the league and just stretches defenses. So now your choice is: do I do I leave my big man down low to to defend from Giannis coming down and getting easy points, or do I take him out to the three point line to defend Brooke Lopez? where he can be very dangerous. It, it presents it presents a precarious decision for, for opposing teams when Brooke Lopez is out there because you're either giving up the paint, and we know what Giannis will do if you give up the paint, or you're giving up the three-point line to a very good shooting Brooke Lopez. So that's th- those three things right there were things that the Bucks were missing all year, and they tried signing DeMarcus Cousins. They brought in uh, uh, Greg, Greg – oh, God, I'm drawing a blank on his name now – The uh, the center. Uh, not, I always say Greg Oden. Greg, I was, I was just thinking that too. <laughs> Greg Dryling. Greg Dryling. Greg Monroe is who I'm thinking of. Uh, and, and they got Serge Ibaka, who did some of that before Brooke Lopez came back. But when he got back in that lineup, you saw what, what his impact was on both sides of the court. Talking with Rami Makhlouf, uh, 1250 AM, the fan in Milwaukee. Bulls and Bucks tomorrow, game one. You were here right here on the score. Before we let you go, I wanted to ask this question uh, against this backdrop. I, the Hawks just the Atlanta Hawks again. Here we go. Here we go. They're back. They're they're taunting everybody, and they got back into the playoffs, winning all the play-in games. A scout for them is Jeff Teague, who is a member of last year's Bucks team, who I thought had the greatest Instagram, the greatest picture. There's a picture of Jeff Teague holding the NBA, the Lawrence O'Brien Trophy, the NBA Championship Trophy. And he tweeted out the headline, I just got an A on the group project. Nice. And I, I just, I love that. That is just so spectacular. And that's what, that's what it was. And Jeff, good, full marks for Jeff Teague. But compare the group project last year to the one you see now, having gone through this season, whatever 
championship hangover and their their third seed and all that. Because they're tight there. So compare them last year's team to this year's team, Rami. I think they're I think they're a better team. I mean, you, you replaced Jeff Teague. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to break the news to you guys, Jesus. but yeah, I mean, you replaced Jeff Teague with George Hill, who I think is 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 a better all around player. You replaced PJ Tucker with Leslie Matthews, who I think is is equal, if not a better player. You replaced Dante Divincenzo with Grayson Allen, who I think is just about the same guy. I think Pat Connaughton, who comes off their bench, has taken a, a leap and is even better than he was last year. Bobby Portis took a step and is an even better player than he was last year. But guys, the scariest thing is, and I, I, I touched on this earlier, is that, and and you mentioned Drew Holiday keeps getting better somehow at age yeah. 31, and Giannis keeps getting better. Yes. And, and, and that's that's where you see the most improvement and what should be scariest to, to the rest of the Eastern Conference and the NBA is that the Bucks' best players are getting better. The, 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 the shifting of the roster and the moving of parts lower on the roster, I think, like I said, you see improvements there. But the scariest thing is the improvement from within, from Giannis and from, from Drew Holiday. I mean, it's, it's, I think this is a better team, but I think they're going to have to be a better team than they were last year to finish the job and win a championship. I think the road there is tougher than what it was in 2021. All right, that's enough out of you. We're done yeah. with you, Rami. That's it. Go away. <laughs> Rami, thanks for your time. We appreciate See it. See you, man. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. All right, Bye. that's Rami. Turn your Rami, mic on. Yeah. Turn your mic on! I knew it, thought I was hanging up the phone, and that's easy job. I haven't touched I'm, the phone thing. Ah! Radio okay. profile. Well, that sucks. That. Welcome yeah. to Saturday Suckage. Uh, Saturday Suckage and the Wake and Bake Club brings you a special presentation after this because we have Mark Grody in during the daytime. After a stint overnight with an absolutely precious phone call that bridges the gap. And it will bring us to NFL draft talk because the Wake and Bake Club has found its man for the Bears to take. We'll go through that. He's Mark Grody. I'm Steve Rosenblum. Saturday Suckage. Together again for the first time. Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Welcome and welcome back. LA Rock and Roll Tours. Just got in town about an hour ago. LA Woman and Chicago Sports Soccers. He's Mark Rody. I'm Steve Rosenblum. Saturday Suckage together again for the first time because Mark's been on sabbatical, Saturday sabbatical. And now he's here, but he brings us something from the from the dark side. I do, yes. I've been uh, hosting Score Overnight since the passing of our dear, dear friend, Les Grobstein. And as uh, you all know, if you are a regular listener to Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score, you know that through the years, much of the greatest content has been derived from Score Overnight and sometimes the host uh, itself, and Les Grobstein. And that has happened on this show. I have definitely provided some content with some of the wacky things that have occurred. But in this case, it was a classic score caller or score overnight caller that made this great. And I think it's pretty self-explanatory, so I am not going to waste any more words trying to build this up. Caesar, please. Uh, Sayo Suzuki. I can tell you a story about Ishiro Suzuki. No, I'm talking about what came to the lineup. Is that okay? 
That's fine. Is that your wife talking in the background? I'm at Wrigley Field a couple years ago. It's okay. like Ishiro's last game ever at Wrigley. And I was just standing in line because I'm doing the, the, the walk-up tickets. I don't okay. do anything. And I'm talking about Ishiro, and all of a sudden, uh, a whole bunch of, you know, the overhead uh, microphones and a, a whole bunch of Japanese a uh, journalist swarmed me, and I didn't know, what? you know, what station it was or anything. And that was bad on my part. And I told Les the story, too, because Les right away was like, what, <laughs> what station was? I'm like, wait, I don't wait, know. Wait, wait, wait. wait. A bunch of, hold on, hold on, Tom. Hold on. You say a bunch of Japanese media members swarmed you. Four? Did we lose Tom? Have we it's, deemed? Oh, go ahead, Tom. Yeah, so I said about Israel, I go, they go, oh, blah, blah, blah. They were so happy to hear somebody talking about the gentleman. And I go, oh, absolute 5 tool player, absolute Hall of Famer, the best, one of the greatest players I've seen since Willie Mays. And I just was going, I was raving, and they were just like, Tom, uh, really Tom, what are you talking? Tom, what, what, are you, what are you talking about here, Tom? I was talking about uh, Ishiro. I know not... you're talking about Ichiro, but I don't understand. You're saying that the Japanese media contingency was going to you. They they surrounded you for sound bites. It was so funny. I don't know how, and I don't even know why. See, and I wish tape. I would. I wish I could have some of the video. <laughs> Me. <laughs> <laughs> Me and my girl Cheryl. Cheryl was there. She could testify. Talk about Cheryl Ray. No, Cheryl, my my wife. Cheryl, my uh, girl. Oh, okay. okay. She's here right now. But oh, all right. It was just uh, to, for that to happen. Flabbergasted me a little bit because. Can I talk like, to Cheryl? Can I talk to Cheryl? Is that possible? Yeah, hold on a second. Let me talk to, let me talk to Cheryl. Let's get to the bottom. He Get Cheryl here. Hey, Cheryl, hey, Mark, Mark Rody. Hey, Mark Rody, you're on the radio right now. How are you, Cheryl? Good. How how's everything going? Oh, going very well. What did um, Tom was just telling us that he was surrounded by the the Japanese media contingency at Wrigley yeah, Field? Yeah, he a few was. Years ago. Yeah. What was? Can you can you give us a little bit better context to that? Because I, I don't understand. A, why the, the Japanese media contingency was outside of Ruby Field. I don't Field. really don't know. Okay. All right. Well, What's even your... another thing, Tom was going to ask you because, like, on the, we were listening to the Cubs the other day, and what's-his-name was broadcasting, and he doesn't do up. Zach was doing it, you know, helping. He didn't do the lineups. He didn't do the lineups, and why doesn't he don't do that? He didn't do it properly. <laughs> Oh really? Oh man! All right, well, I'll talk to Zach about that. We'll we'll get to the bottom of that, Cheryl. Um, what's been going on tonight, uh, Cheryl? Are you a, a big sports fan too, just like Tom, or is Tom the sports? Yeah, fan I am. Because what? Like, uh, we don't see the Cubs on regular TV, so I take his letter recorder and I record it off the radio. And that's how I do the Bulls too. Well, if Cubs come on TV, you know, sometimes. I can do it, you know. Wow! So you guys are one of the great sports households in Chicago, is my or or I'm sorry, in Algonquin. 
right? Yes, yes? Yes. Okay. All right. And you are a Cubs fan, Sox fan, both? A Cubs fan, a Bulls fan, a Bears fan, yes. Okay. And why don't you ever call the score? Why is it always Tom? I don't know. I just let him do it. I don't know. Do you guys conspire, though? Like, do you guys compare notes and say, here's what we're going to talk about with whomever you guys call? Sometimes or else he just calls on the spare on the moment when he talks to Les, too. He doesn't know what he's saying because sometimes he said he's on the pipe. (laughs) Wait, who's on the pipe, Les? Yeah, Tom's on the pipe. Oh, Tom's on the pipe. Yeah, sounds like Tom's on the pipe tonight. Have you been on the pipe tonight? Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, let's get down to business here. Hey, Uh, hey, it's better than smoking cigarettes. That's true. Hey, it's legal, right? Right. Go down to your local. So do you do any of that? I don't do. I can't do that anymore. I've done that before in my life, but I, I have uh, made a commitment to not put uh, the intoxicants into my body anymore because I'm allergic. <laughs> okay, you want to talk back to Tom again? Yeah, yeah. Put Tom back on the horn. Thanks, Cheryl. All right, you have a good night. Hopefully, really you're good t- doing good too. Oh, so. thank you, thank you, Cheryl. I really appreciate you saying that, and All I right, hope that we'll I hope that you. Touch. You call, call a little. You. I hope every once in a while that you substitute for Tom. I love Tom. I do, but I would like to hear more from you as well, Cheryl. Okay, I will. Okay. Have a All great right, morning. here he is. Hold All on. All right. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> oh, Mark, you are so gracious. And Tom, hilarious. she seems like she seems like a good egg. Um, you know, she did reveal that you guys have been puff, puff, passing a little bit tonight, and that's hey, as long as you guys are at home and you're I don't not even driving. Know what she said. Yeah, hey, puff, puff, pay. it's legal. It's okay, Tom. It's okay. Uh, I don't even know what she said, but uh, well, you're so gracious and yeah. so fun, and I hope Sean and you guys enjoyed talking to my sweetheart. And uh, she sounded she's like a, a sweetheart. Yes, nut. she's a sport nut, and. Uh, I don't ask her to follow my lead. She just does. We've been to at least 100 Cubs games together. So. That's incredible. Are you guys um, going to the – well, you guys don't do – you guys are just Cubs games. You don't do the, the Sox games. You're not going to go to the Sox opener today? No. I probably – no, not the opener. I'm not a big uh, rah-rah guy when it comes to the – I'd rather go to a game that – a meaningless game. And uh, – and maybe go, well, I went to St. Louis for the World Series when they played Boston, and they lost. Oh, oh that was, was fun. I was there, too. I was covering it. So, yeah. Uh, I thought, I'll never see the Cubs in the World Series, or if I do, I won't be able to afford it. So I went to St. Louis, and they got beat by Boston, and boy, oh, did I that. see the, yep. the blood run out of St. Louis Cardinals' uh, faces. Oh. When, when when they lost that game, but yeah, all right, that's gonna that's gonna do it for Tom and uh, Tom and Cheryl, ladies and gentlemen, Tom and Cheryl, Tom and Cheryl on score overnight, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh, that was just an absolute treat. That was wonderful. That was just wonderful. And I had just been starting to scratch. 
Yes. All right, we are back live now. Was that oh worth the nine minutes? Oh, my God. That was outstanding. Tom, Tom and Cheryl are doing their part for... They are something. I always wondered, and I'm glad that I had Cheryl, because I've, I've talked to Tom many times, and... Uh, Always wondered what was going on at the house, and uh, Cheryl mm-hmm. provided a little bit of insight, and that's good. That's yeah. good. You know, we we've we often cast ourselves as the mom show, so we could be the wife show too when you're doing the overnight, and and that's certainly part of reaching out and being being inclusive. That's what we are here. We're inclusive. Two six zero texter, <clears throat> freaking radio gold. You were doing <laughs> the Lord's work, Mark. <laughs> And maybe for that, maybe that's why. 262, my Lord, I am entertained. 630, this is awesome. Yeah. Indeed, Uh, that was uh, Mark Rohde on overnights, uh, score overnight. So that was was bringing us what Mark heard. What what other, um, how is that? How has your life been turned upside down because your clock has been turned Yeah, down? it's really difficult. It's very challenging. I, I just It's funny. I just started to kind of get the rhythm of it. There's two things that you have to figure out doing score overnights. One of them is obviously a sleep schedule, and it's very difficult. And then the other is doing a solo show for five hours and figuring out the rhythms of that and making sure you spread out your content for five hours. Um, and I just started to get like the flow and the comfort. You know what I mean? Like right. I feel good. When I start doing a show for five, I'm like, I feel great. Like, I, I know what I'm doing. I know what to stretch out. I know what to keep short. I know what calls to take. I know when to take all that kind of stuff. And then um, now for the next two weeks, I will not be doing score overnights. Why not? Because there are overnight people miss Well, it's you. actually a joyous reason. And that is because, and congratulations to Danny Parkins and his wife as they have uh, had their second child. Young Mazel Eli. Tov. Yeah. I, did, I did not know so, that. So the Parco is going to be off for a couple of weeks. And so I will be Danny Parkins on Monday and Tuesday of this week, as uh-huh. in the next Monday and Tuesday in life. And then I will be covering a Bears minicamp, which is happening this upcoming week as well. I had forgotten and yeah. they get the extra one because of the new coach. Yeah, exactly. So I will be uh, taking part in that. And then the following week, I will be Danny Parkins for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So I get a little reprieve, a little break, a little rest time. From it's going to screw up your body clock being with us normals. Yeah, it is. You well, be, You won't be part of the zombie yeah, faithful. I, I was talking to a friend last night, and he said that he did some – overnight work like two days a week and it's actually worse when you only do it twice a week no question you would be if you did it five nights a week you would eventually adjust you turn your world upside down what's left of your world or you're leaving that world and you blow up your own time space continuum but you, you from what you used to know However, once you start that and your your body would get used to it I would imagine just like you were adapting slower but because you didn't do it five Right, so eight. I'm being totally and completely unhealthy, and my body is no like, question. what the bleep are we doing right now? So yeah. that's why I'm eating these healthy, hard-boiled eggs. I'm trying to be healthy with everything else because— And we were told to check YouTube that you can now air-fry hard-boiled eggs and make them hard-boiled and air-fried. That's right. Yes, you can. So stop laughing at me when I bring that up. And, <laughs> and at BTW, a quick by the way. BTW. The, you can yeah. podcast— 
the we do have a podcast of Score Overnight, so you can go back and listen to any of these these Score Overnight episodes, which I have presided over for the last few months, if you would like. At, on 670thescore.com. It, it is a newer type of thing. We did not have a podcast previous to recently. Is this our so, three technique of overnight podcasting? Yes, yes. Thanks to our uh, primary producer, Sean Sears, we do now have a podcast. So, yeah. He's my co-pilot, man. So that he and is, I against the world. So that is what Mark heard, which is a wonderful part of Saturday and over score overnights and the Tom and Cheryl and whatever pipe they were hitting so the WB Club is in session. We'll talk Bears draft. There is a mock draft out that I want to walk through, and it's not just – usually mock drafts are the first round. Here's what you got. Dane Brugler of The Athletic writes The Beast. Brugs. Every pick, every round. Wow. Right to Mr. Irrelevant. That sounds exhausting. It is. But I will bring you the Bears picks, and among them is clearly – the Wake and Bake Club's choice for a Bears draft pick. So we'll take a break, and we'll do that after this. Great. Thanks, I'm Steve, Steve Rosen. He's Mark Grody. He's in for everybody, including himself, on Saturday Sucker, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. For the draft philosophy, it's really to understand uh, how to tie evaluation with valuation. When and where to pick certain players on the board and have that feel is important to me. I believe in building the foundation with offensive linemen and defensive linemen, and obviously supporting our quarterback with giving him the most weapons that we can possible. Ryan Poles, your general manager of your heroes. Hey, hey! Chicago Bears. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So we have um, a White Sox lineup. I know you were asking about that. Um, Yohan Moncada, Tony Russo said in pregame, there's a couple socks notes before we get to the Bears draft, mock draft. Uh, Yohan Moncada is not progressing as well as he should, but Jake Berger's hitting home runs. So, <laughs> And we'll hear from Jake Berger next hour. Just some really great stuff. I love this kid. They He's playing. He's hitting well enough to get traded, but they can't trade him. He's too much fun. I love Jake Berger. And the, the other news was that uh, AJ Pollock is 80 to 85%. He will be coming back. Uh, they're not sure when. Today's lineup Michael Kopech pitching. Anderson, Robert Abreu, Grandal, Jimenez, Leury Garcia got a hit yesterday and wanted the ball. He wanted to hear <laughs> first hit of the season. The ball. Yeah. yeah. Josh Harrison back in the lineup. He's playing nice. third base. Reese McGuire. Wow, what a spectacular defensive player. And Andrew Vaughn. Andrew Vaughn batting ninth and playing right field. You go, oh, my God, Andrew Vaughn ninth. Well, it's not Gavin Sheets against Corey Kluber. His Larusa is giving Vaughn at bats against Corey Kluber, so Kluber's going for the Rays. Do you know All Klubes right. is 36? I did not Doesn't know that. Doesn't seem like he's Klubes. still like Nobody that. 36 should be called Klubes. You have to be Corey. I got to stop that. Yeah. Okay. So, anyways, Dan Brugler forecasts the Bears draft. In the Beast, which is what is known as the Athletics Draft Guide. It's it's really spectacular. So they're, they're two picks in the second round. The first one, he has them taking Christian Watson, a wide receiver from North Dakota, 6'5", 208 pounds, a 4.3640. That's good. Christian Watson! And a kick returner, 10 touchdowns, 30, 33 point, 
Eight-yard average, two kick returns for TDs. Always good to have that side talent. 43 receptions, 800 yards last year in Division BS or whatever that is. Anyways, he won the Division II title, his North Dakota team, North Dakota State team. In the other set, with the other second round pick, the, he has Dane Brugler has them taking Perion Winfrey. I like that. Perion Winfrey. There you go. That's a really good totally. Summerall name. That Summerall name. Defensive tackle of Oklahoma, 6'4", 292. He's from Maywood. Oh. Perion? Oh. Yeah, he's from Maywood. Well, Five like and a half sacks last year for uh. Oklahoma. Now, here's the thing NFL.com. Is a really does a really good job of casting, showing you where these guys project at this point. This is a second round pick, right? This is pretty valuable, isn't it? They should start. Yes. Well, his prospect grade on NFL.com is six point two three, which means he will eventually be an average starter. That's what. That's what they're projecting. Well, I would at this point, I would like to hope that Dane Brugler doesn't know what he's talking about. That. <laughs> well, he knew what he was talking about in evaluating Justin Fields. He had a lot of stuff uh, spot on with that. That's true. All right, third round pick uh, at number seventy-one overall, Darian Kennard, an offensive tackle guard out of Kentucky, six-five-three-forty-five. Mm-hmm. I met Darian Kennard at the NFL Combine. Did you really? Yes, and. Were you worried about getting swallowed up? Pr- pretty much by all of the offensive linemen that we had a chance to speak to. What was your to. takeaway? But I, he said all the right things. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he projects as a right guard, uh, a mauler kind of uh, player, for, uh, rated as having a premium wingspan or time. Uh, a premium wingspan and hands. That's what I was going to say about him. I was going to say he has premium wingspan when and, I saw him. He, and he has the same draft grade as Perry and Winfrey. Eventually an average starter. Oh, no. yeah. So in one, uh, fifth round pick, they have, the Bears have two of them, uh, 148 and 150. Kyron Williams running back from Notre Dame. And here's we're getting we're finally getting to the point where they were getting good names. We always wait for that. Yes, here it is. But this is all we've been Cornerback from LSU, Cordale Flott. Cordale Flott? Cordale. Cordale. Not Cord, no. C-O-R-D-A-L-E. Capital D-A-L-E. Oh, I love the- Flott. The, the, the mid-name capital letter just thrown yeah. in there. I love that. Yes. Cordale Flott. Yeah. Cornerback, LSU, 6-2-170. I mean, that's- So he apparently has good speed and length, but- 170. That's floss. That's that's way too light. So he grades out, according to NFL.com, 5.98, which is an average backup oh. or special team. Oh. Well, oh. it's a fifth-round pick. You're not going to... Yeah, you know, I guess so. Yeah, I guess you're into the fifth now. I don't have to. So here's finally the, the guy the, the Wake and Bay Club needs to have them draft. At 186, in the sixth round, safety out of Auburn... 6'3", 199, Smoke Monday. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me this doesn't have Wake and Bake written all over it. Auburn Safety, Smoke Monday. Smoke Monday. I don't know if that's a safety or a Wake and Bake Club directive. Oh, my God. Is that a position or an order? He fits all sorts of categories. And he's a hitter. (laughs) Of course he is. Smoke Monday. The way he's just smoke Monday. That's that is, great. That's amazing. 
He's a hitter. The way he's described is he's a hitter, but leads to but that leads to missed tackles. Well, yeah, don't smoking. Have, smoking. Do, yeah. <laughs> Sorry Which, about that. I missed him. Don't the Bears already have a safety who does that? Probably. Yeah. He's had three pick sixes in his career for Auburn. Smoke Monday. That's amazing. That and that also fits in the that would also be a Pat Summerall name. Smoke Monday. Yeah. Right. Like Ryan Mundy. Like Ryan Mundy. Ryan Mundy. So interestingly, the that that pick at 186, Smoke Monday. Going to the Bears. Dane Brugler, uh, this is all his projection. He has a Miami receiver going at number 190. So four picks after him with the name of Charleston Rambo. Oh, incredible. This is, we're getting into some great names. Yeah. These are some great names. Get me to the end of the draft. So all that, if the Bears go wide receiver or defensive tackle or both in the second round, you good with that? Or do you have positional desires? No, I, I actually like that. I, I said recently, again, all these references to, to score overnight because I know nobody actually has listened. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Tom and Cheryl listened? Yeah, I know and not- everybody <laughs> listened to Tom and Cheryl today. Yeah, when pinned down on the second-round picks, I said, I think that if I have to like choose positions, wide receiver and defensive tackle. That That is what I yep. like. There's a couple of guys in particular at the, the Combine that I talked to that I – I liked um, was um, Alec Pierce from Cincinnati, who's actually from the suburbs. I forget w- which suburb he's from, but he's got good size, good speed. I don't know if he's a second-round pick, though. Um, another guy who's very interesting is, and he, he was a guy that spoke at the, the NFL Combine as well, is George Pickens, wide receiver from Georgia, who unfortunately – had a torn ACL last year, missed most of the season for Ja, but he's one of those guys. And he said, he told us at the NFL Combine, that he's fully healed and he would have been ready to play that day, and this was in February. So if we trust that, George Pickens is a guy who probably would have been projected as a as a potential first-rounder had he not had the torn ACL. So that's just a name to keep an ear on. I'd be very interested to see where he goes, and that's kind of like I, I wouldn't mind the Bears taking a – a shot at him. If they can get him beyond the second round, if they feel they can, that'd probably be better. But I think you're I, not worried about the, the long, glorious history of drafting guys who come pre injured. Well, or unfortunately, recently, some of the Georgia wide receivers the Bears have, <laughs> which Von Wims and Riley Ridley, that's a previous regime. And, yeah. you know, we shouldn't typecast Georgia now just because the Bears have had a couple of guys who did not pan out from Georgia ultimately. But one of them, I mean, Wims was a seventh round pick and Riley Ridley, I believe was a third round pick. Ridley should have probably been better, but I don't know that Wims, we should have put that on him, but, um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, those, those are just two names that I kind of was fascinated by when I was at the combine. So you will be at Bears minicamp this week. Yes, I will. Right? As part of your I, schedule. I will you're... be, yeah. Like I said, I'm filling in for Parco on Monday and Tuesday. And then I, so I will miss the first day of minicamp, unfortunately. But I will be at Bears minicamp Wednesday and Thursday and reporting right here on the score. And then the following week, I'm all Parco. And do you expect any comments to give you any clues? Do you, anything to come out of where there are three phases to the offseason? So it's. It's the first wave of free agency, then the draft, and then the next wave of free agency of filling in. And all of it is filling in blanks. Well, how much do you want to pay the first time? What can you fill in with the <clears throat> modified labor force? So do you expect to get any 
hints, clues, whatever? Do you have have any idea where they might go based on what you're going to see this week? Talk about oh, with, with the, the draft. Bears with in, the draft. in the draft. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. I don't think they're going to obviously. We'll find out what this regime is like, but I don't think they're going to give us anything specific in terms of the direction that they would go. I mean, I think that you can look at it and say. I mean, I think it'd be interesting to find out more about their comfort level with Tevin Jenkins and Larry Borum, because if you if we can sense that they're not comfortable with them, if they're not slam dunk, you know, starters, then you have to go. Yeah, it's pretty well you're, where you're line, directed, isn't right? It? I mean, yeah. you kind of have to because you don't really have an offensive line right now. If you're not into Larry Borum and Tevin Jenkins, and they've given no indication to whether yes or no they are. So I'll be interested in that. Like I'll, I'll hope that there's an opportunity to ask more questions. But I, I don't know that Ryan Poles is speaking this week. So I think it's just going to be Eberflus and maybe coordinators, players. We'll see. But yeah, that that would be my answer to that. And how comfortable they are with all the the players that they have signed. Like, uh, uh, you know, is um, is Justin Jones your is he is he your starting three technique? Is coming from one of the worst run defenses in the league. Yeah, is Kadeen Muhammad? Is he really? Is he your starting defensive end? Are, are these the guys like that you saw, or or do you feel like they're they're going to ultimately be depth pieces? So we're just going to have to look for clues based on questions I think about current players and current positions, and then decipher from there. All right, I think what we need to do now, in lieu of and and hope that the Bears draft Smoke Monday. WB Club's hosting that. We need to find out if Jeff Saturday has a brother named Smoke, and it would be perfect. <laughs> Smoke Saturday. That's who we are. Oh, Wake and Bake Club. Yes, sir. Saturday Suckage. We're going to talk with Gonzo, one of the all-time great guests, Gonzo. our deluxe baseball nice. guest, Mark Gonzalez. Next, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.